Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guests today are Jen Grayson. Uh, the CEO and Will Bowen, Chief Chief Architect at Nureal.net, and I hope I pronounced that right. Right, uh, N-E-U-R-E-A-L.net. How are you guys? That's right. Doing? Good. Great. Very yeah, good today. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, just uh, you know, I always start with the basics. Tell me about Nurealnet. What do you guys do, and what's the premise of the company? I want you go. You want me to? Do? All right. So we are. Um, we have, um, Will's been in the process for the last four years of creating um, a predictive AI built on the blockchain. And um, the simplest way to put it is we are creating a limitless ability to forecast. Um, predictive AI is a very narrow um, position on artificial intelligence. And so it will allow us to, um, the way the, the entire architecture has been structured, it's so we can predict anything. So from narrowing the cone of uncertainty on a hurricane to um, where um, drivers are going to be for Lyft self-driving cars to predicting Bitcoin prices that are coming up. And we are doing this all inside the infrastructure of blockchain with um, a cryptocurrency component. We'll have our own token that will operate inside of the platform. Hmm. So, uh, you know, for those that don't know, what is predictive AI like? How does it function, and what does it look like to someone that doesn't know anything about AI? Will you get to take that one? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so somebody who doesn't know about AI, what that is, or, or whatever. Basically, it's uh, it's machines that predict the future. Uh, I don't know what what to relate it to. Um, <laughs> well, what's, a, well, what's an what example? A, of something that uh, you guys would want to predict. You know, maybe a simple example. Would you? Try to have your AI, for instance, predict uh, the rainfall in Austin, Texas over the next month, or would it be something a lot well, more complicated than that? Um, it, it could be as simple as that. One of, the, one of the ways that we explain it that a lot of people understand is it's currently how Netflix is able to predict what you're going to want to watch next based on the mm-hmm. romantic comedy or action uh, movie that you just finished up. And so... Netflix uses artificial intelligence and predictive algorithms um, to predict the best answer because they don't want to show you a movie that doesn't apply or isn't, um, you know, they don't want to send my mom something that, um, you know, my little brother would rather watch and, you know, she 
loves the the English stories. And so the the predictions have to be right and accurate. And when it comes to predictive AI, accuracy is where it really matters. It, it's you know, 89% is accurate, but 92% is obviously better. And so what Will's been able to create um, and architect with um, the rest of the founders, and, and we've brought on some new developers, and they've kind of been thinking through the way this architecture is going to look is the ability to get more accurate on these predictions. And so we'll be able to take it to the point of anyone can predict anything. I mean, it really is to the point of being able to take um, the data that's currently in Fitbits that, you know, I mean, everybody right now is is wandering around with a Fitbit or a smartphone, and that is one of the best resources for live streaming data. And we can plug that in to the point that it can, at some point, be able to predict heart attacks and get you to a hospital in time. It'll be able to predict um, what activities are affecting climate change and that are um, making um, species go extinct. I mean, it really is the ability to predict anything um, that anyone wants to have predicted and who has the data set that they can they can put into the system. Can you guys uh, predict which uh, specific use cases at first? We, uh, that's we'd a like chicken to be able to. an egg a question, I think. <laughs> no, no, I'm I mean, yeah. you. What, what I'm saying yeah. is... Who's reaching out to you and saying, hey, I want to use your tool for X? You know, what kind of use cases do you first envision this being used? Um, for us right now, we have, so our, our roadmap builds out a couple of them that we want to be able to use. Um, human resources right now, I mean, AI, predictive AI is being used in a lot of applications currently. Um, human resources is a big one where they are getting more accurate on is this individual going to fit into the culture and community that we have? Um, we're in talks with um, a couple of companies right now that are already using predictive AI and that we can continue to help them be more accurate. That's a big one. Um, there are a couple of other uses for us as far as just looking at, um, we have one other one where a company evaluates other companies to see if they are um, at the point that they're ready to take on investors. And so there's a huge stream of data with that. And so we're starting with some of those components um, for us right now. The hurricane one is a big one because we also have a big humanitarian component of our company because Will has always believed that machines and humans are going to need to work together. Um, it's not about machines taking over the world. Humans are always going to need to be a component of this. So we've always really wanted to, to touch on the humanitarian aspect and make sure that um, we're looking out for our fellow humans. So hurricanes are a big one, and being able to narrow the cone of uncertainty so that we're getting more accurate with where those hurricanes are making landfall and when people need to be evacuated and where they need to be evacuated to so they're not being driven right into the path of the hurricane. Um, so sure. it's a little bit of everything. Sure. Well, it sounds like hurricanes are an interest of yours. Um, why then have the AI on a blockchain? Why is that a benefit? How would it operate on a blockchain differently from not on a blockchain. Uh, I think that's. I think I should probably answer that one. Um, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we were just talking about that actually before you came on. Um, so uh, one of the issues uh, for accuracy. Okay, so I can. Uh, there's a company uh, with a guy that we're going to look at uh, as far as you know, hopefully be our one of our advisors. Um, he has cash. As you talked to us in the past, but it's a company called HireView, and they uh, predict 
uh, whether from an inter uh, video interview they predict whether they try to predict <clears throat> whether a person's going to be a good hire for your company, right? Okay, so so that's what that's their thing. So they they do it with using machine learning using uh, AI. And he just told me that they spent a half a million dollars on hardware to do that, just to uh, to make it more accurate. And uh, um, and so right now you can go and you can buy. Um, you know, you can buy a uh, compute uh, to to run these kind of algorithms and do these predictions to get more accurate. Uh, you can buy compute um, on Amazon Cloud, and uh, and also, but there's another thing about the data. Like you need you need lots of data, and it's hard to find the data that's valuable and get access to it. So those are the kind of problems that they run into. Um, uh, is spending this much money? Is spending a bunch of money is having like a maximum that they can actually handle. So half a million dollar compute computer, um, you know, is a, is a management kind of problem after you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So, uh, so what the blockchain does and what, what our project is is uh, uh, is doing is is it's uh, basically we're offloading all of that work to individuals, right, that do it in their home. Uh, like like with Bitcoin, so Bitcoin is the um, uh, kind of the model for this. So if you look at Bitcoin and its evolution, um, with an incentive for to to mine, quote, which is means you set up a, a computer with you know you go out and buy some video cards. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the price of video cards is skyrocketing for gaming gaming cards, and the reason why is because of cryptocurrency um, specifically. So it's not gamers, it's not industry. It's cryptocurrency and mining um, that is causing like video cards to go out the roof, and regular gamers that originally you'd think that was the market for them or can't even get them for double the price, right? And that's happened in the last uh, couple months because of the rising price of cryptocurrency. So, so if you I, I calculate the so Bitcoin itself has grown to huge proportion, like uh, relative. So I calculated it out and it's it's about 100,000 times faster, the whole Bitcoin compute network, than, than the world's largest supercomputer. So what that means is that a bunch of people in the, you know, putting together machines in their basement have out eclipsed by 100,000 times what any, the largest, world's largest government, the world's largest companies have been able to create. So that is the power of that blockchain brings to this, this question. It's the unlimited scalability, basically, and unlimited access to data as well. And so you, you uh, in a company, you're limited by your actual resources that you have, and you're limited uh, absolutely, right, by the capability of being able to do that. So we, we, we uh, um, you know, with a blockchain, basically you're decentralizing, just like the Internet uh, itself, right, decentralizes the capability to communicate. Um, does, does that you know, mean that uh, people on the blockchain will use their computing power to run these predictions, and that's how you can get uh, get it to work at scale? You know, if you're going to yeah, predict right. a hurricane in Louisiana, do you need 100,000 people by virtue of them holding tokens or whatever, transacting, to give that computing power in order to do it? I mean, Gollum kind of working on something like this, you know, but in a mm -hmm. different way. Is that what you guys are doing? Yeah. So Gollum is a general purpose compute. So they're going to have, uh, so Gollum is going to have um, the ability kind of like the cloud where anybody can run whatever they want. 
uh, as far as, as whatever kind of compute. They, they, they actually started out doing uh, transcoding of video. So that was their purpose uh, that they started with. Um, so, so they're doing generalized compute. What, what we're doing is we're optimizing our blockchain for particularly for the purpose of prediction. And so we're not, we're not, it's nothing else. Like it's just prediction. And it's just predicting my data streams. It's not prediction, you know, anything else. I mean, it's not like event prediction. It's prediction of live data streams. And uh, so examples of that are like the uh, Fitbit information that's always coming, you know, data is always coming off sensors. So weather is really good because you put up a weather sensor, you know, at your house and the the weather, you know, the data is always coming in. I mean, there's always changes, you know, temperature changes, the, the you know, barometric pressure changes, all, all that data is being fed in, in real time. It's live data. So it gets fed in, fed into the real. So it's about optimizing that system. So Gollum even, Gollum is not going to be able to compete for this particular type, for this particular purpose. Um, and because our blockchain is going to be not generalized, but optimized. So anybody that's used right. Ethereum for programming can see that you're limited um, in your compute ability. Like, you know, when they have an ICO, like it bogs down the blockchain for everyone. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're trying to get rid of. We're, that's why we're making our own blockchain that's separate from uh, Golem or um, some of these other projects. So how how will it work? What's the role of the token? And um, again, literally, what's an example? You want to model a hurricane that may be forming, you know, over Louisiana. What happens? Do you put a call out to people that own tokens? Does the system automatically uh, use part of their uh, computing cycles? You know, how does it work in action? So there's there's uh you know the hurricanes a little bit different than um, the hurricane example is is something that could possibly be kind of like a, a public good crowdsourced open source free right so um, because people are interested in that and they may want to contribute their compute just for free right if that and, and if that's the case then the token isn't really uh, isn't useful unless unless um, people want to actually incentivize um, more people to contribute. So if you, have, if you have X amount of people who really like it, but then you have more people, you know, that you could get if you put a little bit of money up, right? And so you may have people donate to the project in that right? So, So how that would work is, um, is you would have kind of a Kickstarter type of, of uh, uh, well, we have, we, we have these things called, we call them oracles, and it's how, it's the consumer side, it's how you, Put up your um, project for prediction, and you you send the data. So you're the the authority for the data source, and then people can contribute to that um, in this kind of Kickstarter model, and they can put money up. So so you know I always tell people uh, the the what our platform is in technical essence is a competition platform, and so you put up a competition to predict a particular data stream, and that competition has money available, or they could possibly have money available on with it. So as you win the competition, you get um, you get token, right? Um, and so um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, so the payment, so people can contribute to these special contracts that, uh, in essence, that uh, uh, that you know once they get to a certain level, like let's say a hundred thousand or something, then the whole thing is funded. And then people can actually get money, or you may be able to set one up where you're giving just to contribute, and then people get paid, you know, ongoing live 
kind of the situation. So like, you know, you'd have one predicting, like you said, a particular uh, weather, uh, you know, predicting a hurricane in a, uh, but basically you'd be predicting the future of a weather of in a particular weather data in a particular area, right? And you'd have to analyze so is this, um, that. Is this people competing against your AI or is it people... By virtue of people just again using their computer power, and that's what the AI uses. Or you know, I'm not I'm not clear what how it works. Yeah. Well, one thing about me that that I run into is communicating with people is that I assume the machines are like people. <laughs> so people think you know, like I'm talking about the machines doing it, right? So I'm talking about people running machines that do the prediction, right? That's what I'm talking about. So they're so running like, an instance of your software that you know, do you do you sell a uh, like a an AI in a box that people install as software and they run it on their computer or, you know, or the people themselves looking at the data and trying to predict? So either one can actually happen. But when you're talking about live data, um, when you're talking about live data, the humans just really can't keep up. I mean, you can't, you have to go to, you have to sleep, you have to eat. Um, you're not predicting events. You're predicting like what is happening in the next, you know, uh, five minutes or, you know, an hour. Like not what is happening in an hour, but what is happening during the next hour, right? Like imagine the price of a, of a stock. The price of a stock is constantly changing, right? And so you, if you predict the price of that stock into the future, you're not predicting it 10 minutes from now. You're predicting it every second for 10 minutes, right? And so what is the price going to be into the future? And so that's really, really hard for a human to do manually. And... uh I mean, somebody could do it, you know, I could sit there and like type in numbers really fast, you know, but that wouldn't compete. So they can, but the thing is that people aren't going to be able to compete very well against the computers, the automation and, and the machines. So the machines don't run by themselves. Okay. So it's a human behind that. Like I am a data scientist and I'm creating a, I set up a computer and I set up algorithms or whatever. But to answer your question, we are going to do a software in a box, uh, but it's not going to be sold. We're just giving it away free. And so we're doing a software, and we're doing AI in a box for everyone. Everyone, if they don't, if they're not a data scientist, so, but they still have to keep their computer running, right? So, so it's like they have to be a part of it in some way. Um, so they download our the software that's free, contribute, and they, if they have a, it's a nice gaming machine uh, with some 1080 Ti, uh, you know, Nvidia cards, then um, you know they can run the software and make some money. Uh, without having to do much, but they have to keep the computer running and you know produce this heat, and they got to deal with that. And like it's you know it's not no matter what you're going to have to do something, right? So so that's the situation. So it's people running. So this is kind of like um, yeah, this is like SETI at home on the blockchain. It sounds like right. Yeah, that's exactly it, and the ability okay. to get paid. So it's like SETI at home where you can get the nice feeling tokens. Like you can get like the, the leaderboard. We'll have leaderboards and these things. Um, and people will be like, hey, I'm I'm really, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm kicking butt um, predicting this hurricane, um, you know, but uh, uh, but we'll also have the ability to put money in to that. And so people get, actually get paid, not just feel good, right, when they're doing that. So let's so, talk about the okay. role of the token. Um, to participate, do I need your token or do I simply get rewarded with tokens for being a part of the, uh, you know, a prediction market? You need to predict. Or to yeah, in order to in order to predict, do I need a certain amount of tokens to do it? And when I do it, and I run my machine to you know to work in a market you guys are working in, do I get rewarded with tokens? How does your tokenomics work? Yeah, that's what I was saying. So there is a small 
cost, um, but it's only tr the transaction cost um, for, uh, and our transaction cost should be really, really, really small for predictions. So like if I put a, you know, a bunch of predictions in, um, I'm doing it on a side chain. So, you know, it would be, uh, uh, you know, micro transactions with a very super low transaction cost. And so it should be a really super low transaction cost. That's another reason we're doing our own blockchain so we can, you know, so people can put, uh, you know, live data transactions onto the chain. Um, so, so there is a cost as a predictor, uh, but it's really super minimal. Um, you know, I don't, I can't say it's going to be a market, you know, for that. I mean, it could be, I'm sure it'd be sub penny pennies, you know, it'd be like maybe a dollars, I don't know, um, to participate in a particular uh, competition for a certain amount of time. So there's going to be a small cost, a transaction fee. Um, you definitely, when you win, and you, you get paid in the token. And so the thing is like over time, uh, you may get paid small amounts here and there, but large amounts at other times, you know, depending on how well you do, like your machine does. So if you, your machine, uh, you know, has some sort of burst of insight or something, and it's like, whoa, hey, it's predicting really well, you know, it may get, it'll get paid uh, a larger amount at that time. So it's a variation, it's a micropayment um, uh, payout. And so you'll be getting money constantly, you know, or not if you're just running a random number generator, right? Okay, gotcha. Um, and what about uh, comparing you guys to Augur or Gnosis? I know that they want to do prediction markets where people bet, and, uh, you know, win and that kind of thing. It, it sounds like yours is different, but I don't, I don't get how. Uh, well, you know, on Augur, you bet. You say you have to put up money, so you're betting that you're going to be right, and it's event-based. So, you know, I've been talking about that. Um, so that that is the real difference that I've been explaining. Um, and so on Augur, you go in and there's an, there's events in the future that you bet on. So like the who's going to be the um, you know the next president um, is an event, right? That's it, either it's one or the other. It happens at a certain time um, into the future, and uh, uh, you know you get you, you you bet a certain amount and you get the pot if you're the correct or how close you are or whatever. Right. And so you're putting money, the money, the, the better, I mean, the predictors put the money in and then, uh, you know, they, whoever wins or the closest gets the money out. Okay. So ours is different. The provider of the um, data stream is the one that provides the money that's won. So it's more like a competition like the, like on Kaggle uh, or the, ne the Netflix competition that we talked about. So Netflix put up a million dollars to, for someone to, uh, uh, to, to make a model, you know, the winner model, we get the million dollars. Ours is more like that, where you're doing, uh, somebody pr wants the wants the prediction, and so they pay a certain amount of money to get that prediction. And so that's the money that people win. So you put up a very small amount to participate, like I said. It's a it's a standard amount that everybody pays. It's not a bet. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, anyway, so that's how it's different. Um, so, okay. so gotcha. yeah. And, and it's live. It's made to do the live streaming of data, not like you know we have where you have like I explained. You know, um, you have live things coming in like second by second. It's like if if you imagine Augur with you know events happening every second. You know, it would be overwhelming for humans, right, to do that. So what's on the you know last last question or two? What's on your roadmap for the next six months or a year? You know, is your token out? Is it going to be launched? You know, what what do people expect to see from you? Uh, Jen, do you want to answer those? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so our um, we're currently in pre-pre-sale. 
Um, and then our pre-sale right now um, is scheduled. Will and I have been talking about whether or not um, we're going to push it back or not. So it's coming um, either late first quarter, uh, beginning of second quarter. And then our roadmap um, over the next two years, the release of the software will happen in two years. Um, our first um, MUV is coming, which will be a trading bot. Um, is coming in um, the first nine months, and then we follow that up with our first um, MUV um, in the following six months, and then another six months after that. Um, so we've really ramped up in the last six months um, and are continuing um, to grow very, very quickly. Our Telegram group, um, I think, is nearing um, another, I think we're about to break another uh, milestone today. Um, and adding, uh, I think we're almost up to 400. So a lot of um, really great growth in the community, and we've had a lot of people sharing it. So our roadmap really is um, to continue to grow the community for the next um, month, 45 days, and then kick off the token sale and then headed straight into um, additional development. Like Will said, he right now, um, he and one of the other founders have been working a lot with a local university team. Um, that are at the University of Utah, and they've been doing a lot of construction of the architecture, evaluating blockchains. Um, we had one that we he was pretty sure he wanted to use, but they're evaluating a couple other ones. And so we are continuing to really work on the development side of it, um, as well as all of the pieces of getting ready for the token. So that's kind of what we have planned for the next little while. Very good. And what's the best way for uh, people to join the Telegram group or to get in contact with you to ask questions? Um, we would love for them to join our Telegram group. Um, it is, um, I don't have to search to get into Telegram, but if you hop onto our website, um, nareel.net, and it's N-E-U-R-E-L.net, there are links to get into the Telegram from there. Um, and we have a fantastic community manager who is um, really great about being able to answer questions, and Will and I are usually around and available as well. So that's the best way to hop in and ask questions. And we love questions and love getting to interact with the community. All right, guys. Well, great. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.